Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. Now, here are the Friars. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Become Fire podcast. woo <laughs> I'm never going to do that again. I, I, I have so much regret. Did you say holla? I did. Yeah, yeah. As it came out, I was like, this is this is regrettable. Yeah, it's just a restart. We should... <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to Become Fire. It's a Hello, podcast. everybody. I'm a normal human. Yeah, we try to be. It depends on the day. Uh, we missed you last week. Um, hope you missed us. Sorry, we had some technical difficulties, but it is good. To be We're in the midst of you. a storm. We are in the midst of a Our technical storm. Our computer was drowning. It was down. And, and luckily, we had... Uh, Dan and Andrew come out and they yeah. fixed our, our drowning storm. Yes, we called upon the Lord and he sent them to, to come and help us. So thank you guys for yeah. getting us ready. Uh, please um, like, subscribe, um, follow podcasts wherever you, you go with Amen. it. Um, I'm Father Anthony Tinker. I'm here with Father Peter Teresa McConnell. We are Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. And, and share this with your friends. I've gotten probably... More positive yeah. feedback on the storm yeah, podcast. Seems like it's really resonating. Maybe people. not ever because some of the ones we did, like healing, some of the right. guys, the interviews we did with guys were really good. Um, but it's been high, higher than just our normal yeah, podcast. I, mean, so I know that. people have really enjoyed them. Please listen to these storm podcasts, share them with your friends. And uh, yeah, and, and at the end of the day, even if people don't like and subscribe, like share the message. Like we're just preaching, preaching the so, word, doing our best to preach Amen. it. And we're here for. We have one more storm to talk about. One more storm. And, and probably the last time you're going to hear just the two of us for a while because we have a, a, bless, yes. a blessing. Uh, Brother Paul Grotman is going to be joining us as our host for the year. He's on pastoral year this year, so he's going to be joining us the rest of the year. We got him back, baby. It's so exciting. Um, he'll be hosting. I don't know if he's ever hosted before, but he's taken over the host seat. He might have. Okay, yeah, probably. In I the, think it was terrible. So we <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. And, uh, yeah, we're we right love back. you, Brother Paul. You did great. <laughs> Hey, Mom, uh, I just uh, didn't answer your phone call because I'm podcasting. So. <laughs> okay, oh, we're awesome. on Jonah. <laughs> the last story of the yes. storms that we're going to go through in the Bible. We're going, we, it's interesting, Root. I know we didn't go like chronological. Mm-hmm. We really did. We were focused on the most important, that's Jesus. We just yep. wanted to start there in the heart of it because all of them we can look at through this lens of finding Jesus that's in the right. storm. Then we went to, to St. Paul and his finding Jesus in the storm. And then we um, are now at Jonah, going to the Old Testament. And these are very similar in that we have someone on a boat in the midst of a storm. That's right. And uh, Father, if you don't mind starting us off in the first book of Jonah, but particularly in the storm. So maybe from uh, verse 4. Yep. And uh, and go on to verse 6 just to get us started from Jonah chapter 1. Great. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea. And there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried out to his God. And they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship, and had lain down, and was fast asleep. So the captain came and said to him, What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God will give a thought to us that we may not perish. Okay, a little background Mm -hmm. as to how we got here. God has spoken to Jonah and said, Jonah, go to Nineveh and preach. I want you to go and cry out uh, all the evil, uh, cry out against that great city and call out against it for their evil. 
um, and has come up before me. And what does Jonah do in response to this? He runs. To Tarshish. So <laughs> can you give us a geographical perspective as to what's happening here? Sure. So Jonah is in, in the Holy Land. Uh, I think he catches port uh, right there on the... In Joppa. Mm-hmm. In Joppa, which I think is on the Mediterranean. Mm-hmm. And so the Lord is asking him to go to Nineveh, which would be like far east, be like inland east. And he gets on a ship and just starts sailing as far west as he possibly can. He's basically heading for Spain. Uh, So he is running in the complete opposite direction of where the Lord has called him. (laughs) And he jumps on a boat to do it, you know, which is an interesting choice, depending Mm -hmm. as as we have seen. Uh, And the Lord uses the storm. That's right. So we see God bring a storm. It says the Lord hurled it. So it says not a, the Lord allowed a storm. Yes. And we were seeing in this throughout these times, the Lord is bringing, maybe on the, on the, with the St. Paul, we can talk about the Lord allowing Mm -hmm. a storm, but it certainly feels like in the the Jesus uh, stories and in this one, definitely the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, um, a mighty tempest. And, And it says, so that the ship threatened to break up. Yeah. Like that's how bad the storm is. The, the mariners is are about, afraid. They're crying yeah. out to their pagan gods. They hurl all the cargo. We've seen this right, with St. Yes. Paul. They, all the cargo. So mm-hmm. they, they, why are they sailing to Spain? To make money. Mm-hmm. So they're selling to Spain uh, to sell their goods. Well, they're throwing all their goods, right? So it's pretty bad if you're like all the money like you've invested yeah. is being thrown overboard. Yeah. This is a really bad storm. What's Jonah doing? Sleeping. So this is hilarious to me. So th- we have... Uh, and we kind of talk about like different responses to uh, like like uh, like trauma or anxiety or things like that. People will will, will run. People will uh, fight. Um, and then, then then there's also kind of just the like um, people also freeze. And so like the Lord has asked Jonah to do something that he doesn't like, um, and it's, it's, he feels some sort of way about it. He doesn't like it. You know what I mean? He, he's angry about. It, he's anxious about it. Um, and so he's running from it. And then I think like so often we, then I was just like avoiding, he's just completely avoiding what is happening. He's like pretending there's not a storm. He's like pretending that people aren't like panicking. He's just like, I'm just going to, it's like the modern day equivalent of like, I'm just going to go like down and watch like Netflix. He's like, I'm just going to go and like sleep and pretend like things aren't going terribly right now. Yeah. But how often we do this? Oh, 100%. Like we recognize God has asked something of us, has called us in a direction. We know what's right uh, in in what what we should be doing. And we realize we're not doing that. Mm -hmm. We decided, I don't want to do that. I prefer, you know, doing what I want to do over what God wants to do. And eventually a storm comes up. Every time you choose yourself, every time you choose yourself over God, it will cause turmoil in your life in one degree or another, internally, externally, et cetera. And what do we do in response? And we see Jonah's response to this is checking out, like you said. And so often we do the same thing. It's like, I don't want to see the consequences. I don't want to give up my action. I don't want to get off the boat that's going away from God wants. I don't want to go to Nineveh. And so I am going to check out of the problem. There's a storm going on. All the sailors are throwing up. They're they're doing everything they can to save the boat. And Jonah's like, okay, I'm going to bed. He he just, he doesn't want to view the turmoil. And we do the same thing. We're like, I don't want to see the consequences of my actions. I don't want to see the consequences of running from God. I just want to keep doing what I'm doing. And so I'm shutting out all the consequences. And how harmful this is. Not to ourselves, but to the to not it doesn't just harm ourselves. It harms everybody around us. Everyone on that that ship is being affected. The storm, they're, they're fearful. They've thrown away all their goods. Like it's causing all this distress 
all around, all this chaos all around. And somehow, and I think we found this as well. Some people are like, they're just so comfortable with chaos. They just fall yeah, asleep. For like, sure. Is all this ever, oh, everyone's in chaos. Okay. I was in chaos. Yeah. And this is a real problem. If you find people like this or you do this, like you need, like one, you need help if you do this. Yeah. So if there's people around yeah. you that do this, you need to avoid them because some people, when they're in chaos, um, they, they can't deal with it. They them. cause chaos to other people yeah. because they don't want to deal with their own chaos. And so when everyone else is in chaos, they, they, are, they calm down. Yeah. So they actually just cause chaos all around them to not deal with their own internal chaos. So Jonah, in a way, is causing all this chaos, which makes him not have to think about his own chaos. Mm-hmm. So he can actually fall asleep. And so he, he because he's been struggling with his own chaos, his yes. own running away from really God for point. so long, he doesn't want to deal with it. Yeah. And so because he doesn't want to deal with it, um, he's been struggling with it and can't sleep. He probably hasn't slept in a while because why? He, God's like tearing at his conscience. Mm-hmm. And finally, there's so much external chaos. He's all like, ah, okay. Yes. Now I can calm down. There's another thing I can focus on, the storm. And because I'm focused on this storm instead, I don't have to focus on what God's doing and I'm exhausted. I better go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. No, that's really, that's so true. That's so true. And I think it's also important to make a distinction here too where the storms that we've encountered up to this point with uh, the, the, the Peter and the apostles in the boat, Peter walking on water, and then St. Paul in the storm, that they didn't cause those storms. That those storms are not their fault. And, and, and in Paul's situation, he, he really, you know, I mean, like he told them not to get in the boat and he was drug along. Um, this is a storm where, where Jonah is responsible for it where where he made this and so and he brought this upon himself and he brought this upon these people and so i think it's just important that there are times where we need to recognize that that sometimes we find ourselves in storms that that the lord has invited us into for whatever his purposes and reasons are like like he like he um like he's walking in water sometimes we find ourselves in storms that that other people brought upon us like saint paul was in and then sometimes we find ourselves in storms that that we've just made, man. And and those and, and when we find ourselves in those storms, then then we just have to you just have to own it. We just got to own it and be like, okay, like I I was running from something. I was running from the Lord, and these are the consequences for my actions. And so the the mariners all cast lots. They decide whose whose issue who whose issue we're dealing with. They realize it's the chaos that's being caused is because of somebody. There's something insightful about that as well. They realized. Well, somebody is causing the chaos, right? There's a reason there's chaos mm-hmm. all around us. And that's what sometimes we just have to stop and recognize that. It's like, oh, wait, maybe if one of us changed our behavior in our family, yeah. like we could change the chaos that's all around. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's sometimes we just like start blaming God, et cetera. It's like, well, who in our hmm. life maybe is running away from God that's actually causing yes. the problem that we're dealing with? And so they cast lots. The lot falls on Jonah. They recognize, okay, John, <laughs> Jonah is the problem. Yes. God's telling us. And like, okay, what are you doing? What's going on? And he's like, um, I'm Hebrew and I follow yes. the Lord. And uh, it, it says this in verse 10. The men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, what is this that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, hey, guys, sorry. Uh, I'm a prophet and the Lord gave me a message and I didn't want to do it. So I hopped on your boat to run away. <laughs> well, and this is and I always ask myself this because I, I don't I'm not really clear as to did he tell them right then or they knew when he got on the boat. Like, it feels as if he's just, just telling them right then. It feels like he's just telling them right then. It's like, I know exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. Like, I know exactly what's going yes. on, and what I'm doing is running away from God. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just the first step to healing in a lot of sense. It's mm-hmm. like admitting you have a problem, right? It was the first step right, to healing. Yeah, like yeah. Admitting, and so Jonah is actually, like, admitting, 
I know what I'm doing wrong. But, but and I think this is very insightful because oftentimes we don't realize what we're doing wrong because mm. we don't take the quiet time to recognize it. Like Jonah obviously knows what he's doing wrong because he heard the voice of God. He's a prophet. He's a man of prayer. He's mm-hmm. a prophet. Why? Because he's a man that's close to God. Yeah. You know, like this is, you know, to, to, our, to our prophets and priests among us, you know, uh, he's, he, he, you know, we're accountable too. And, and he knows what he's doing. Oftentimes, I think we enter into chaos and we don't recognize it because we don't recognize that we're running away from God because we're so busy and distracted. We don't realize he's speaking to our hearts and we're just avoiding it and running away from it. So just this, this, this admission of Jonah to say, I'm running away from God is really, really beautiful. I'm telling the guys that. And obviously they're like, oh boy, this is not good. And then, then everybody just kind of coming aware to the situation. But for us as well, I think it's just first that insight of saying, all right, I have a problem. The problem is I know what God wants and I'm not doing it. I'm running away from God. I'm fleeing. I'm fleeing the presence of God. Mm-hmm. Not just, and it's not just I'm fleeing what God wants. Mm-hmm. And so this, it's a deeper insight. It's not just here's what God wants. I'm not doing it. I'm fleeing the presence of God. Yeah. I'm running away not just from doing what God wants. I'm running away from God himself for being in his presence because that's, that's where my home is. My home is the heart of God, his presence. Yeah. And, and so what Jonah is saying is I'm running away from my true home. I'm running away from the presence of God. And then if you want to pick up and read for us. Yeah, I, I just want to, okay. I, I think sometimes like, I think Jonah, like Jonah, get, like Jonah obviously gets it really wrong. You know what I mean? He's like running from the Lord. He's caused this storm. But then we have to give him credit. Like he he said, like, "Hey guys, this storm is my fault. Like I'm 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 fleeing from the presence of the Lord." And and just to have the humility and the courage to say that, like, I've I've messed this up. And I think sometimes we can get afraid of of admitting that to the Lord because we think He's then going to then punish us from running from Him. Um, and and I think what this story teaches us is that is that the running away from him is its own punishment. Um, and that as soon as he's willing to turn back, that like, you know, I mean, he's going to have to go through some stuff as we're going to see, but like, but running away from the Lord is its own punishment. And the Lord does just want us to like turn back and, and come back to him. And, and there might be some some things that we have to do then because of because of our actions have have created certain situations and, and, and maybe the only way for the Lord to get Jonah back on course is to put him in the belly of a beast. Maybe that's not necessarily a punishment. It's just like, okay, well, like, this is how I got to get you back on track. And you're the one who put yourself in this situation. This is how I got to do it. But but we can just just take Jonah's example to just have the courage to say, like, okay, like, I own this. And, and, and recognizing that the Lord is then going to work with that. And that the punishment, in some sense, is already, we've already experienced it because fleeing from the Lord's presence is its own punishment. Yeah. Um, it's just an interesting you know, insight that, that kind of you, you spurred in my heart is um, when you run away from God once, you run away from his presence mm-hmm. oftentimes. And, and we're saying like, why isn't God answering my prayer? Why isn't he with me? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, are you running away from what he wants? Like, because if you run away from what he wants, that's where he is. Yeah. So don't run away from that. Run, run, is to run away from his presence. Yeah. Um, if you don't mind reading for us kind of, 11 to 16. Yeah. Then they said to him, what shall we do to you that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea grew more and more tempestuous. He said to them, pick me up and hurl me into the sea and the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to get back to dry land 
but they could not, for the sea grew more and more tempestuous against them. Therefore they called out to the Lord, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not on us innocent blood, for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. I'm sorry, but it's a 17 as well. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Yeah. Um, so it, 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 it this kind of goes against the theme, not against, but kind of is a, a parallel way to, mm. I think, read this um, in this part. But they, um, he says, uh, it is because of me this great uh, tempest has come upon you, right? Throw me into the sea. Throw me into the sea. It'll quiet down. And the men are like, uh, no, we want to, we're, we're going to fight this storm a little yeah. more. We're going to actually going to try and preserve it. There's something kind of virtuous about mm-hmm. that. But what, what I find so interesting is that um, the the sea is growing worse and worse. And Jonah knows to throw me out is what's going to save you. Yes. There's times in our lives we have to throw something or someone out of our life. Mm-hmm. Now I want to get back to Jonah himself. I don't want to talk about the people in the boat for sure. a second, just to get a parallel reading yeah. here. That there's times in our life where we have someone or something in our life that's causing chaos. And it's causing a storm. And the best thing for us to do is get that thing or that person yeah. out of our life. If yeah. it's an addiction, obviously, right. whatever that addiction might be, get it out of your life. But sometimes it's a person who's actually causing a storm in your life that's not of God. And, and, and you can't actually get into what God wants. And the storm is getting worse and worse. And you're trying. And, and you, you're like the sailor. You row like, you know, I want to save this, this relationship. Yes. I want to save. And you row and you row and you row yeah. and you row. And it's just getting worse and worse and worse. And, and it's kind of insightful. Like, you got to throw me into the sea. Like you have to get that thing or that person out of your life so that the storm's going to calm. I think, yes, I think that's right. I actually, this, this parallel reading, just kind of focusing on the, the Mariners, the guys in the boat and, and recognizing like, well, these guys are pretty good dudes. They want to save Jonah. And, and so they try to save him. And, but the Lord wants to make clear to them. And I think that the Lord wants to make clear to us in our own lives that, that we're not the saviors. Um, they're not going to save Jonah. Um, and, and, and despite their good intentions and, 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 and their seeming care for him, that the Lord has his own plan and his own purposes and, and his own, what he wants to do with Jonah. And he's going to save him in his own way. And it might not be the way that, that the, the fishermen, like, you know, I don't think they don't want Jonah to get eaten by a fish and, and, and these things. And, and we don't want people in our lives to have to, to suffer unnecessarily or needlessly. But, but like you're saying, if they are creating chaos, if they are, 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 are toxic, or if they are fleeing from the Lord's presence and, and bringing darkness into our boat, um, and, and we want to save them, but, but the Lord's going to save them in, in his own way. And, some, there, and there comes a point where they need to leave the boat. And, and the Lord's going to save Jonah and these people in our lives in his own way, in his own time. Yeah. Um, and so going back to the reading of focusing on Jonah, mm-hmm. not the Mariners, Jonah is like, you've got to throw me out of the boat. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. I just, uh, I don't know. I'm wondering what's going on in Jonah's yes, brain. He's Where, a prophet. He just he's knows. a prophet. He just knows. He, <laughs> he just, knows. just knows. This is what God wants. Yeah. What God wants is yeah. to me be thrown off the boat. Yeah. Um, and And we've talked about, kind of Peter getting off the boat and walking. I'm just thinking about these other stories we've right. covered. Um, Paul being like praying and the boat being saved. But mm-hmm. Jonah, 
because he's running away from God, he knows that what's going to save him and save the ship is, or he may, may not even know, he may think like, this isn't going to save me, but it's going to save everybody else. And that's yeah. the sacrifice God wants me to make. Yeah. But I just know when I'm off the boat, the storm is going to be calm. Why? Because the boat, the problem that's is caused on the boat because I'm running away from mm-hmm. God. And what I need to do is get back in what God wants. And God wants is me to be thrown in the sea. Mm-hmm. And so Jonah is actually getting back into doing what God wants. What's interesting is Brant Petrie would tell us that hmm. this translation of belly and, and, and uh, a, a whale okay. can be translated as tomb. That for oh, Brant wow, Petrie, yeah. he actually doesn't think a fish swallowed Jonah. He thinks Jonah died. Like he was being thrown into his tomb, his grave, which is the sea. And that Jonah actually dies upon the sea and is dead on the sea, stri- adrift three days, three nights, and God resurrects him as a sign of his own resurrection. Mm-hmm. We do know that obviously this is a sign of the resurrection. Jesus yes. makes it very clear, just as Jonah was in the belly of the whale three days, three nights, uh, so will the Son of Man be in the belly of the earth three days and three nights. And so we obviously this is a very clear. The reason yes. God is doing this, like God knows what he's doing. Yes. He wants to he wants to manifest the resurrection and he wants to speak about it when to the apostles, you know, yes. and the disciples in the New Testament. And he's using this instant as, a, as an opportunity to be an analogy for that. Um, Just I, real quickly for our listeners, who is uh, Dr. Brent Petrie? Uh, he is a seminary professor in Louisiana at a seminary down there um, in New Orleans, I think. Yeah. Um, I, I'm pretty sure, but I forget the exact city. But yeah, he's a scripture scholar. Mm-hmm. Um, he is. He was not Protestant, but he married a Protestant. And so he's become very popular in kind of talking to Protestants yeah. about the faith. He has some very beautiful books, but he really gets into the Jewish roots yeah. of the Eucharist, the Jewish roots of Mary, how with the things we believe uh, and it's, it's parallelism yeah. of the yeah. Old Testament. He's a great scripture scholar, someone you and I both really admire and appreciate yep. his, his work. So that's, uh, that's fascinating. His interpretation of that the belly is, is like a tomb and, and Jonah dies. And, um, and whether that's literally actually what happened to him, it's absolutely 100% spiritually what happens to Jonah. You know yeah. what I mean? That that he does make this sacrificial offering of himself to be thrown into the boat. And, and he has to, he's, he's been so willful uh, in this story up to this point. And, and there's this conversion moment now taking place in, in, in Jonah's life. It's his own little fiat moment. It's like, okay, just let it be done unto me according to God's will then. And I'm just going to, I know, I know this is what I have to do at this moment. And there's this conversion moment where he's, he's dying to himself um, and, and so that he can then do God's will. Yeah. Um, and, and yes, and the Lord does reference Jonah in the Gospels as a sign of his own resurrection. And so it's not inappropriate at all. And it's a really fascinating yeah. read on the story. But I do that just to, because I want to get to actually what I want to talk about, which is I do think he was in the belly of a whale. Yeah, sure. Amen. That's, <laughs> uh, that's, you know, you want to end with the, with the good stuff. Yeah. You know? So yeah. I just want, I want to do my sidebar beforehand. Yeah. Brent Petrie is obviously knows a lot. Uh, good man. But the, uh, so I do, th- there, there actually been sailors who've been swallowed by whales and hmm. lived. So that's this amazing. is scientifically possible. Um, I do. So I do think God sent a whale mm-hmm. and swallowed him. And, I, and I, what I find so beautiful is he's in the whale for three days, three nights. You know what he was doing? Thinking and praying. Yeah. It gave him a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually at the juvenile detention center this morning and we talked about Jonah and the whale. And uh, it was interesting because I say, like, you guys like are, are kind of the whale right now. Like mm, you, yeah. you were running away from God, what God wanted and you did something you shouldn't have done. And now you're in juvenile. <laughs> 
And, but tell you what, like Juven Juvie is kind of like the whale. Mm-hmm. Like you get a lot of time with nothing else. You're in the belly of the whale. There's no, there's, there's no distract. There are no distractions. Mm-hmm. There is no internet. There's no phone. There's no job. Like you're just stuck there <laughs> until the whale spits <laughs> yes, you out. Yes. Um, like Jonah just now has time and it's exactly what God wants. Cause he needs to really reflect about the fact that he ran away from God and this storm came and does he want to keep up keep in that chaos or does he want to go back and do what God wants? I think our own lives, there's these times of the whale where God puts us yeah. in the whale, this time where we have to enter into the silence and the quiet in that prayer. And we can take advantage of it or we not. If we do like, you know what? I don't want to think about it. And we just go into our numbing out, go sleep. We just fall asleep yeah. like he did in the boat, pretend like it's not there. Then we miss what God, the opportunity God's giving us to reflect upon the storm. Kind of even sometimes it's a calm in the middle of the storm. And then to say, okay, where am I running away from God? So that I can get back on track with God when this calm, when I get spit out, because I'm going to get spit out of the whale eventually. This yeah. calm in the midst of the storm, this whatever I'm going, this tomb period, this death period is going to be over at some point. And then I'm going to have to be asked a question again. These kids are getting out of juvenile detention one day. Mm-hmm. Am I going to get back to running away from God or am I going to start doing what God wants, yeah. giving my life and my heart over to him? And so I think this, this whale is such a beautiful analogy because it's a, a, of, of what God, the gift that God is giving Jonah, and that is time and for prayer and reflection to figure out who is it that I'm going to be, the man who runs away from God or the man who runs to what God wants. And, and the Lord in his own, in his own plans keeps Jonah in there for, for three days and three nights uh, because he knows um, that this is going to then have like resurrection understandings later. And so Jonah is, is in this period, like you're talking about, where it's a time of, of, of prayer. Uh, it's a time of, of being with the Lord. It's a time of, of conversion. It's a time of, of dying to oneself. It's a time of, of just laying down all of his plans and his desires and, 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 and doing things his way has, you know, gotten him into a really crazy place and, and, and difficult situations where he's now in the middle of the ocean, been thrown out of a boat, by, by people who care about him and he's been swallowed by whale. And, and so he has all this time to then just die to self and just let the Lord um, resurrect him and, and, and make him a new person, uh, make him uh, who God wants him to be and who God is calling him to be as, as this prophet uh, with this really, really difficult call that he's been given, that he's been running from. Yeah. And we know what happens. He gets up and he goes and does the will of God. And Nineveh converts. He's not happy about that either. He's in a, um, Jonah's so fascinating. He's a fascinating yeah. biblical yeah. character. Uh, but we're just focused on the storm. So mm-hmm. we go read, read the book of Jonah to really get into um, this, this fight with the storm. And, and just to all of us who are in the storms of life, because uh, we've been focused on these times, because we all enter into these storms, yeah. these seasons. Yeah. And the question is how we're going to respond. And we've had various responses to storms. Different kinds of storms. Different kinds of storms, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but I think some of the things we've learned is we want Jesus on the boat mm-hmm. in the midst of our storm. Um, either in the presence of the Eucharist as it was with St. Paul yeah, or literally present as it was with the apostles. <laughs> yeah, we want Jesus on the boat. Yeah. And, but the storm, God brings the storms for different reasons. So we got to ask ourselves why. Mm-hmm. And is, is the storm coming because I'm running away like Jonah? Is the storm coming to teach me a lesson like with the apostles where I'm actually struggling with fear? Mm-hmm. I'm struggling with doubts and the Lord wants to build up my faith. He wants to break the fear in my life. Or is the storm coming um, as a, a way to witness to who Paul is and that people can come to know Jesus? Because mm-hmm. the storm might be the witness. So it's all the, I'm guaranteed there's a lot of conversions. If I can Malta, 
I think it's been surpassed, but at one time was the most Catholic country oh, in the wow, world, yeah. almost 100% Catholic. Um, and this is where Paul went and evangelized right. 2,000 years ago. Um, and uh, after this boat accident, and people saw, wow, okay, Paul's for That's real amazing. and his faith is for real. And so these storms can be a witness to other people in their lives. So really reflecting upon these storms, why they're there, um, and 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 what has caused them, and then if you know what what's our response supposed to be, and really bring all that to prayer with the Lord. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, to be honest, I thought Brother Paul was going to be with us. Yes. So I thought for he our, was going to ask a question. He was going to ask a question, or I was going to ask. Him He's the same. already failing as a host. I know. I was going. Well, I was just <laughs> asking the same question, like, hey, for the next three oh, times, yeah, you yeah, tell yeah, us for sure, yeah. what you yeah. have done, and uh, and. It kind of and kind of why, mm-hmm. and so. But I'm going to move, move to our next question. Okay, and uh, it's going to be one of those you have to answer it over multiple parts. So we'll oh, see what we do with we, Brother Paul yeah, next time. Here we go. But it's about a dinner with people mm-hmm. who, you, who you don't know, and so you're going to have dinner, and at the dinner you can invite one saint, okay, one person who's currently living, okay, who you do not know, yeah, one person who's living that you do know, okay, and then. Um, one historical figure who's not a saint. Okay. These are the four people we're inviting to dinner. Two are, are passed away. Yep. One is a canonized saint. Mm-hmm. One is not a canonized saint, mm-hmm. but is a historical figure. One is someone who's alive who you do not know. One someone's alive who you do know. Okay. I was trying to answer one. Of those people, of the four, who's one of those people you're going to invite to your dinner with these four people and why? Uh, so I'm going to start with a deceased person who's not a saint. Okay. And I, it's just, he was the first person that, that came to my mind as you were kind of going through the categories. And that is uh, J.R.R. Tolkien. Okay, yeah. And he is, he's certainly like a, a virtuous and, and, and saintly man in his, in his own way. But I just reread Lord of the Rings like last spring. And I read his Silmarillion this summer for the first time. And... Just uh, I he he's just kind of opened up just a, a space in my heart and my imagination uh, with with like fantasy like the like the fantasy world and 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 it's been it's actually been like spiritually edifying you know what I mean it's not just sort of like a uh, just a completely like mundane or not escape like, you're not uh, going to no, sleep in the middle of yeah, the storm no, no for sure <laughs> yeah yeah but it's actually you know it's been and so uh, but just his I would just love to hear him talk about how he wrote it, his inspirations. Um, you know, he was a daily communicant and, 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 and just to kind of just hear how all of that influenced his, his writings. And, and, you know, I, I listened to his essay on fairy stories this summer and, and, and just how he's, uh, how these things tie to the gospel. And, you know, he, for him, the, the gospel where, where history and myth, kind of were fused together in one yeah and and so he was just a, an, an amazing artist i think artists always have an interesting take on on seeing the world and 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 so uh yeah i just think he would be fascinating to kind of just talk about you know it, tapping into a little bit of my inner nerd about like you know some of the finer points <laughs> of his his stories but then i also think he would just have interesting things to say about um just the modern world yeah. you know he was he kind of lived through you know, a lot of different changes and, and didn't really like those things. And, and I'm very sympathetic to, you know, like the 
technology and how it's sh- reshaping the, the way we experience and interact with the world. And so all of these things, I would just be, find his his insights onto them to be uh, really fascinating. Yeah, I, I, his writing is incredible. Yeah, and she's. I mean, it was when, in World War One, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of life experience, how that affected him. Um, in his writings, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, I find uh, The Hobbit to be an incredible book. I mean, yeah, Lord of the Rings love, as well. Yeah. But I think that's, Bil- that's my next, one yeah. of the next books I'm going to read. Bilbo, Hobbit, yeah. I find to be one of the most inspirational yeah. fictional characters. Maybe we have to invite a fictional character to our dinner. <laughs> but Bilbo is <laughs> yeah, extremely sure. inspirational. Yeah. Uh, so thank you so much. Yeah, you yeah, close us in sure. a prayer, Father? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just ask that you give us the courage to, to never run from you, to never run from your will in our lives. And to never run from your presence, uh, but that you would just give us the courage to just to be with you, uh, even even in the difficult things, even even in the hard moments, Lord. That that no matter what we're going through, that we would just want to remain always in your presence, and that that you would be kind, that you'd be generous, that you'd be merciful to us, and just make your presence more manifest in our lives. That that we would know where you are. That that we would see you, that we would feel you, that we would hear you in the midst of whatever going through, whatever season of life that we are in. May the blessing of Almighty God God come upon each and every one of you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire podcast. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www.becomefire.faith. That's .f-a-i-t-h. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, please go to www.becomefire.faith slash give. That's becomefire.faith slash give. May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time.